0: Glad we have gathered together, kind of in the face of fear. Have you noticed that a lot of the songs had to do with fear and overcoming fear? Uh, I don't think those were all chosen just because of the kind of, uh, you know, viral thing that we're facing these days, but it's not a bad thing to be reminded of, right? Take precautions. I'm sure, did you know that if you, uh, some say sing happy birthday while you're washing your hands, but you can also say the Lord's Prayer. That works. So if you ever get tired of singing happy birthday, say the Lord's Prayer. That would be a good way to do it. Fear is, a, is really a foundational emotion. If you find someone that's angry, it's a lot of times because there's a fear. There's fear going on. So you can many times ask yourselves, what am I afraid of? And isn't it good that as we sing these songs and we celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ, one of the really awesome things that happens is that the God who's who saves us the God who redeems us the God who who brings healing into our lives is the God that oftentimes like again and again and again says do not be afraid amen do you ever say to yourself do not be afraid do you ever mimic God if God is saying do not be afraid maybe you should join in the chorus right and say do not be afraid do not be afraid I think it's just really interesting I heard recently uh this week in fact that Francis Chan who had Who's a well-known Christian author and pastor and missionary? That as he was in China during the time of the outbreak, he said that uh, he came back with the report that while everybody was cloistering and hiding, the believers were out in the streets helping people. Just think about that, right? And so, all I want to say to you is that this is not time to live in fear. Live cautiously, of course, but it's not. And 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 you know, take care of hygiene, but it's not. It's not a time really to live in fear. In fact, I don't think uh, there's ever a time that our culture offers us that God says, yeah, you should live in fear here. Most of the time he's saying to us like, well, maybe all the time he's saying, trust me. Trust me, trust me. This is Partners in Missions. It's, it's pretty exciting. You're called to play. I just want to remind you that this, last Sunday and this Sunday, this is not a one, these are not one-off services. Uh, sometimes we can think, well, we're in Partners in Missions now, and so, uh, you know, we're going to do this. Then we can get back to the scriptures, get back to whatever, you know, edifies our life. No, I just want to tell you, we are, we're called to play. This is all the time. You're called to play. We're called to learn how to say yes to God's yes. We're, we're called to allow what Jesus does to passionately lay hold of our lives and transform us so that we are passionately offering to other people what Jesus has done to us. This is not a time to live in scarcity, but realize that there are an abundance of resources. There's an abundance of time. There's an abundance of, of, of love. God can expand your emotional capacity to care for others, to love others as Jesus has loved you. So this is not just one off. This just happens to be a focal point in which we want to uh, celebrate with you what God has actually been doing. Uh, through pnc through our through our life together and through your life as a follower of jesus christ so there's a there's a passage of scripture i'm going to point you to in in a moment we're going to talk about isaiah 52 now isaiah 52 oddly enough is right before isaiah 53 you ask how did i know that well i read my bible right also know my numbers So here's the deal. Isaiah 53 is a well-known passage of scripture prophesying the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly in his death. Right, that he 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 was so marred, he was so disfigured, and when we looked at him, there was nothing in him that we would admire or be attracted to. On the cross, he was like he was brutalized and violated, and he was uh, beyond recognition. And it says, what was he doing there? He was, he was carrying our sorrows. He was bearing our iniquities. He was being crushed for our rebellion. The, 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 the burden of our sins was being laid totally upon him. And he was crushed for all the sins of the world so that we could have peace. Now, that's, that's what we're going to be. Uh, we're celebrating that during Lent right now. And these, and these these days, 21 days of fasting as a church. And as we're doing all this, it's just a reminder that, that someone has done something amazing for us, right? And so Isaiah 52 really is an announcement in anticipation of that. And it's a beautiful announcement. I just want to take about uh, 12 minutes or so to, to, to talk to you about what that looks like and, and what is being said to us. So the first part of the passage in Isaiah 52 says this. Awake, awake, Zion. Now Zion is a name for Jerusalem, okay? And Jerusalem was in a mess. Jerusalem had been decimated, right? The temple had been destroyed. The uh, the people that, that the cream of the crop people had been taken away. Only a few of the poor remain. People are out and scattered about in the nations. Everything has been devastated. Families have been lost. Young men and and and, and children have been, have been have been have been killed and Or taken into captivity. Everything was a mess. Right? And so in the midst of that, there comes this prophetic word. Which much of Isaiah 40 through 66 is about that prophetic word of hope. So right in the middle of it, it says this. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit throne Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter of Zion, now a captive. So here's, here's the kind of the, the ridiculousness of this. These words are being addressed to the captive daughter. These words are being addressed to, the, to one who is experiencing captivity. But it's being addressed with power and authority because God is about ready to act. And that's what the good news is. And here, here's, notice the words that are used to describe the dire situation, particularly when it says this, shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned, free yourself from the chains on your neck. If you just take those two things, you're, you're lying in the dust, right? You are lying down in the dust. You are you're dead, or you're comatose, or you are completely overwhelmed. You're in the dust of grief. You're in the... In the dust of disappointment, you're, in, you're despairing. Your whole life is in ruins, right? And besides that, you are, you are in captivity. In other words, the one ruling over you has brutalized you and continues to do it. You are in captivity. The one who is lord over you, the one who is, who is determining the environment in which you live, the one who is calling the shots for you, that one is a tyrant. That one is an unlawful ruler over you and your life has been destroyed by one in power greater than you are okay and this is not as you were ever intended to be so when you look at this there's just like it's an incredible word of hope that starts to break in like the dawn like like the rising of the sun Right? There's this great verse in the prophet Malachi that says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. It's like when he says, awake, awake, it's like the dawn has come, like salvation is coming, something is about to happen. And I'm calling you to move into the reality of what God is presently on the move to accomplish in your life. Now, I just want to ask you, are you like that? Have you ever been like that? Are you a person who is lying in the dust, right? Are you a person who is overwhelmed with chains of captivity? Are you finding there's no hope? Are you finding that you constantly are running into the wall, right? Are you constantly, uh, you know, looking to this and that other thing, but they they never have the resources to truly help? Here is like this incredible word. God is doing something. And so really when he's saying this to us, He is saying, awaken out of despair, out of ruin, out of the same old and worn out narrative of oppression, defeat and hopelessness. God is working. So begin, set all that aside, clothe yourself, right? Take off your your chains and clothe yourself with strength. Put on garments of splendor, shake the dust off of you and rise up and set enthroned. It's a hopeful word to every one of us. Whenever You hear God speaking like that, something begins to happen. I can say it to you all day. I could, you know, take you by the shoulders and go, wake up, wake up. But when you and when I hear God speak, something comes alive. Because God's word always brings life. See, and then notice this. Beyond that, he goes on and invites us in a way to, into, into participating in that. So let me ask you, do you know somebody else whose life is like this? Is there someone around you whose life is like this? What, what do you see in your society? What do you see in the cluster of friends that you have or the acquaintances of your neighborhood, your school, the marketplace, where you work? What do you, what do you see when you're out and about? What do you hear about your city? What, what do you hear? When you look at that, what happens inside of you? Are there people around you who are lying in the dust? We would have to say yes. Are there people around you who are, who are just in despair, right? Are there, are there people who, who, who are just like languishing under chains that are around their neck? You know this is true. What happens to you when you hear, which I'm going to tell you, that in a short span of a few days, five people in Puyallup committed suicide, ranging in age from young to old. When we read that, what does the church of Jesus Christ say? When you see people languishing in all kinds of, 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 uh, of brokenness out of failed marriages or struggling family situations or poverty, right, or exclusion, people that are living in all kinds of fear and anxiety about the, about the present environment, when you see all that, what happens inside of you? do we do we recoil from that or do we do we say oh my goodness that's not going to happen on my watch we have to do something about it we are the church of jesus christ um i just want to tell you that this is addressed to jerusalem did you know that god's people were god's hope for the world that god was going to work in such a way through his people they would be a light to the nations they would bring salvation to the earth And so it was necessary for God to work in redemption and bring his people alive so that his people then would be those emissaries of hope to the world in which they lived. It is important for we as the people of God to say, to look at our world and say, Oh my goodness, what is God saying to us about this? We are here not to say to them, Oh, hey. Boy, you made your bed, you lie in it. Boy, have you ever messed up your life? Oh my goodness, if you'd only aligned in the right way politically, then we could get all this going in the right way. No, we we do something else. Here's what it is, this next phrase. Verse 7, it says this. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Isn't that amazing? Look at that, how beautiful are the feet. Um, let me ask you, do, do, have you ever wanted to look beautiful? Some of you are waiting for your resurrection body, right? It's going to happen someday, right? No, you, listen, the, the way to beauty is not primping in front of a mirror, having the right clothes, you know, having the right friends, you know, having the right, you know, career, all that. The way to beauty is to be an emissary of the good news of jesus christ the way to a beautiful life under the beautiful god in a beautiful community which summarizes three books written by a particular author is to be an emissary of jesus christ there are people in our church that are doing that there are people like in your in, in your folder on partners and missions like tim and cassie Steele and and Haven and Brianne and Amelia Lee. And these are people who are saying, hey, I want to be an emissary. I see the need in my culture. I want to do something about it. God, I've, I'm called to play. I'm called to step into this, right? There there are people who are um, who are working on Louisiana uh, college campuses, like Bo Cassetta, who is trying to bring the good news of Christ into those places because he looks around and he sees brokenness, And great need, a lot of skepticism, a lot of cynicism, a lot of isolation and loneliness. He says the gospel of Jesus Christ can make make a difference, make a huge difference, right? There are people uh, who are joining up with Karen Kilmer as a part of our regional extension of prayer, of healing ministry that, that are looking at the people in our culture around us and saying, okay, we can do something about bringing help and healing into people's lives, right? There are groups of people. One couple just got from our church just got back from Guatemala. Another couple goes to Guatemala in dentistry uh, several times out of the year in order to really meet people some go to, to Mexico to help people with their vision and, and some are going to Romania in order to, to minister to people in need and people go to Africa. And why are we doing that? And why would you go to the schools? And why would you go to your neighborhood? Why would you go to your friends who are languishing under, you know, in that dust of disappointment or under that chain of slavery? Why would you go to them? Because you are coming with the beautiful news that there's somebody who cares profoundly for them amen so i mean i'm just so excited about the possibilities that we can be the people who come and and say this hey there's peace there's peace in the offering there's god he's coming with peace Uh, the ability to restore and to heal and to bring into well-being your life do you know this is this is a this is a, a big secret amongst christians we should let it out more did you know that there can be chaos all around you, even in, in, in your closest circles, and the God of peace can keep you in the place of peace? Did you know that? It can happen. It can happen. And, and then we, bring, we are those that bring good tidings. I love the word good tidings and those who bring the gospel. It just means they bring the news of gladness. Like it is really, it is really a glad news. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've felt embarrassed to share the good news about Jesus Christ with people. I'm thinking, what will they think? And you know what? Sometimes I'm really believing it's not all that good and powerful that I have to share. It's just not all that powerful. I'm actually believing that it couldn't change their lives. I'm actually believing they wouldn't want to hear this. Jesus tells us something different. He says, did you know the harvest is ready? In fact, there are a lot of people who actually want to hear this. If we begin to build the relationships, we'll find those open doors, right, in your world in which you can you, you're called to play. You can step into that. and You bring good news. And absolutely, it's just a great news. Remember, you're not inviting them into a religion. You're not inviting them into rules. You're not inviting them into, like, you know, kind of a structure, you know. And you're not inviting them into, you know, boy, my life was fun, but now I have to follow Jesus. No, you're inviting them into relief. You're inviting them into re- rehabilitation. You're inviting them into development. You're de- inviting them into just the broadness of God's great resources so they can live more fully and completely. And then, notice this, we are those who proclaim salvation. Oh my goodness, what a great word. Don't make that word a little word. It's a big word. The word salvation has to do with, as you know, it has to do with that whole deliverance that Jesus brings. That entire big, wonderful package of a life, set free not just for eternal life like in heaven after we die I'm thankful for that but more that heaven has now come to earth and God is creating colonies of heaven as one person put it in which there are enclaves of the reality of heaven on earth being lived out here in this place reaching out to others and drawing them in to the expansive and liberating reality of Jesus Christ when he is Lord. So praise God, amen? Do you know what, at, the, at toward the very end of this, it says this, Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people and he has redeemed Jerusalem. And then it says just this really wonderful thing. It says, The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. I love that. Do you know what would happen just even here if the ruins started singing? Amen? If the ruins just started singing. Like, I like it that the ruins start singing before they're all rebuilt completely. The ruins break into songs of joy. Now, that's, that's something that would attract attention, <laughs> right? When the ruins start singing, when people who are, are captivated by faith in what God is up to, out of their ruins, begin to sing for joy to God who is doing a work in them that is not yet completed. Oh, man. And it said it's going to be accomplished by the Lord who bears his arm. It's really a unique a statement in scripture. He bears his arm. Which has to do with like, he's like, a, it's like, it's a, it's like a really kind of like down to earth way. And we say, he's going to roll up his sleeves, right? And he's, and he's getting into the work. He's getting into the work. He's getting his hands dirty. He's getting into the work. And we are called to play. We're called to join with God, rolling up our sleeves, moving into the work that God has for us to do. Amen. We get to do this. We get to play. And I'm just so thankful to all of you who are stepping up and participating in the good news of Jesus Christ because you are experiencing what he himself is doing in your own life. Amen. Amen. Let let me pray for us. Father, thank you for what you're up to thank you for how you have brought good news how how this anticipatory work that you're going to do has been accomplished in jesus and now lord we anticipate the fullness of it being worked out in our own lives and the lives of the people around us so that we do not ignore the poor the immigrant those that are dislocated or marginalized. We do not ignore those who are struggling. We do not ignore those who have uh, taken paths that lead them into a lot of trouble. But instead, Lord, of putting judgment toward them, we move toward them. As those who on the mountains are running with good news and announcing that you, O God, have acted redemptively and powerfully in your love toward them as you have toward us thank you father we bless you in jesus name amen 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 so as we have this uh partnership with many people we have a partnership uh that has kind of worked out with a uh joel carlman who is uh the son of Dan Carman, one of our uh, church board leaders, is completing his term, and Joel is uh, is the director of global engagement with Project Renew, uh, an exciting new initiative with huge potential for impacting globally, as well as more particularly uh, in in his one location, which is which is Denver. Um, and he was going to be with us today, but he leaves tomorrow for Malawi. And he just thought with all that's happening with the coronavirus, he just needed to step back a little bit. And because he, he said, I, I really don't want to be ground zero for, for bringing uh, coronavirus to Malawi, right? Um, but he longed to be with us. He sent us, a, he sent us a video, and we're taking a piece of that just to show you. But our partnership with him happened, uh, you know, just by surprise. I think God has so many surprises, right? As we step out and we begin to play, he connects dots all across the world, connecting people. And uh, he has worked with a nonprofit before then called Nexus, and now working in, in this uh, a kind of a newly named new, new pathway for him. But he was uh, introduced to Wellington Obote, who was part of our leadership in Malawi. He's been here to speak many number of times. Uh, and they struck up such a, a commonality that Wellington invited him to come and help pastors— in their self-care, so that instead of like destroying themselves by the weight of the ministry, uh, to all the huge needs that are constantly surrounding them, learning how to, to care for themselves. So would you uh, just uh, kindly give attention to, or just be in prayer for Joel as he brings us this greeting uh, via this video.
1: I have the great privilege of living out a ministry that I deeply love um, because of generous individuals and spiritual families like yours. I get to travel to six African countries, equipping, encouraging, and supporting some really amazing uh, young African leaders. I came to know some of the friends in Malawi that we now have in common uh, about three years ago. Wellington and Helena Bote had expressed both their joy and excitement that there are young pastors coming out of the Bible college that has so much potential to be shepherds and disciple makers in their community, but at the same time they worried about uh, these passionate young men and women burning out, not having sustainable models for carrying out ministry over the long term. Since my early phone calls with Wellington in 2016, I've had the chance to visit our Malawian friends half a dozen times and build relationships that span the distance between us. Um, you know some of them very well, people like Nixon and Togo, um, Chin and others who uh, have at one point or another been able to visit Puyallup. In my travels, I've been able to see your generosity firsthand. Your mission support, uh, dairy cows, Churches built, schools and homes built, uh, wells dug, motorcycles donated. I've even gotten to be the bearer of some of those generous uh, items. Um, Sometimes they associate those gifts with me, and they don't get to say a direct thank you to each one of you who have have sacrificed a lot to give those items. Um, I know that they will wholeheartedly endorse my saying Thank you, truly thank you to each one of you. Sometimes it's easy to recognize the contribution when it's a building or a motorcycle, but it's harder to see some of the growth that happens in the hearts of the people that you're supporting. Since you've donated several freshwater wells, I thought it'd be a good metaphor to work from. Um, I visited the sites where wells have been dug and given to the community and it really does become the center point of the village. It brings peace, common ground among people from different backgrounds. It literally sustains the lives of hundreds or thousands of people, and it saves them time. Um, children play in it, they bathe, and they drink deeply from, from the water that they get from those wells. Our Malalian friends, uh, pastors, DSs, missionaries, church planners, They're the spiritual equivalent of those freshwater wells. When healthy, they tap deep into the living water of Christ and bring his good news of life that's truly life to the surface and share it with their their communities. It also brings people together, heals them, sustains them, and their spirits drink deeply. When you donate a well, it's important that you make provisions for its maintenance. What happens when that well which has been bubbling up fresh water, breaks down. Is there some resource available to fix it? Or better yet, is there a way to ensure that it's regularly maintained so that it can keep bringing up fresh water? That's the work, spiritually speaking, that gets me excited. Uh, As Dave has been uh, teaching about, as followers of Christ, we don't need to live with a scarcity mentality. We can be like the tree described in Jeremiah 17, not nervous in the time of drought, planted by rivers of living water, and so we support one another, whether American or Malawian. We care for each other's souls, and we point to Jesus' easy yoke and light burden, encourage each other to abide in, to find identity in Christ. We maintain the well. I hope you join me in celebrating and giving thanks for what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in Malawi. Soon I pray that I will get to be with you in person um, i 'd love to share more stories and hear more from you and please know that your spiritual family is in my prayers. please pray for me and our brothers and sisters in Malawi as I prepare to travel tomorrow. May peace be with you and may the lord's goodness and mercy follow you as you practice love in the ways of Jesus Thanks
2: So I'm all excited. I'm ready to play. Are you? So I was thinking, what would it be like if I just teed this golf club, this ball up, and like hit it your direction right now? Can you trust me that I'm that good? Or. I would say you probably need to put your hard hats on and I'm not going to do that. But um, I love to play golf and um, there are times when some of you would call me and I'd say, you know what, let me see how I can rearrange my sp- schedule because since you called, I'm ready to play and uh, I kind of like golf. Now, the reality of it is, is that many of you don't like golf. In fact, some of you don't even like sports, which is fine. But the reality of it is, is that no matter how we're wired, God has wired us in some way to do something that's kind of enjoyable, and He He kind of enters into our play. He's gifted us. He's wired us. He's developed us in that in that way. And so, in in a, in, a, in as Dave has talked about, uh, like let's step up and let's get ready to play. Now, in um your Bulletin program today. There was a colorful brochure that looks like this. Did you get one of those? If so, you, you want to just pull it out real quick, and uh, I just want to refer it, refer something to you today. I uh, hopefully you'll take this home with you, and this is a way just to be reminded of what's going on in the life of PNC as it relates to um, our partnerships in mission. And today, a part of what we want to do is to celebrate where God is blessed and used this already in uh, 2019. And so if you look in the center section of this brochure, you'll see victories in 2019 Malawi partnership. This year, we are so excited to report to you that we have completed a church building and a pastor's home in the village of Kapadula, Malawi. Uh, fantastic that we've been able to partner with this pastor and that community in this powerful way. We sent a, a work team. These people uh, basically raised their own funds to go in August, and they were able to there, be there and participate in the construction of that building and to celebrate and worship with uh, the people in that community. Also, that group that went was prepared, and they presented two vacation Bible schools in two different villages. And the total students that were a part of that, were it was over 700 children participated in that vacation Bible school. That's pretty amazing to think that that took place and the impact of uh, the, the work from PNC in the lives of those children in those villages. We were able to provide clean water for five villages this year and which we're so grateful for because it really does make a huge difference, not just in the spiritual development of the people, but in that community as a whole. And we were also able to start a new church and provide funds to start a new church in a thriving uh, town just north of the capital called um, Empanella. We've been able to support that pastor with funding and and rental space for a a place where they can worship. We were recently able to send uh, money so that they can purchase property, so they'll be able to actually buy property and build a building and put a well on that property. So we're really excited about the prospects of what can take place in that community. In addition to that, we had someone uh, donate money, so we were able to buy a motorcycle for that pastor. So that pastor now has transportation that he can get around his community uh, throughout the country. So we want to give thanks to God for what he's been able for us to do. And thank you, because it's because of you that we're able to uh, function and do these things and develop these many projects in our Malawi Partnership Now, in addition to Malawi, we've also made commitments in prayer and prayer support and also financial support to some other mission emphasis, and Pastor Dave mentioned some of those to you already, and on the front first panel of this little brochure, there are pictures of people who we want to continue to pray for, and through your gifts, uh, when you give to Partners in Mission at PNC, we're helping in, in some kind of... Supplemental ways to help these people and their ministries. So we're really thrilled about that. And when we think about 2020, uh, also on that center panel, here are some things that we would like to accomplish through PNC. Number one is we want to renew our prayer support for our people on mission. In other words, these people that you see uh, pictured here, and some of them have brochures in the back, we want to commit to praying for them in our support for them so we would encourage you to take this with you use this as a a means of praying for the needs and the ministries of these people that are so important to us and our partners with us we want to uh provide funds for um clean water for four villages in malawi in 2020 after last sunday morning uh Uh, A person came up to me and said, Tom, here's a check for $6,000. I want to commit to a well in Malawi. So already in one week, we've received those funds to be able to provide a well in a community in Malawi. Doesn't that get you fired up? Um, Makes me want to get in the game. Um, Prayer and financial support for the new church start. So we'll be praying for this pastor. His name is Fletcher. Can you remember that? Fletcher. And his team is putting together this church. They're planting a church and they're, they're needing some funds. We're going to try to uh, begin to uh, uh, save some money so that we can uh, have a building project for, uh, our, uh, for, for that community. Uh, if all goes well, I'm planning to go to Malawi in June to be able to teach for several weeks with pastors. We're also committed to local training locally here in spiritual conversations because sharing the good news is not just for what we're doing around the world, but it's also what we're doing locally in our community. And the the sixth thing we have as our goal is that we want to continue to encourage and support and cheer on our youth at PNC so that they might creatively be involved in global mission. So grateful for our young people that are here this morning and we just want to uh, make that commitment to say the, the, they're important to us and we want them to catch the vision and carry on the vision of what mission should look like and can look like through their creative means for now and for the days ahead. One of my favorite quotes comes from a guy named Frederick Beekner. Frederick Beekner says, the place God calls you Is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Where your deep gladness, where your joy is, where your passion is, what you get excited about, God's calls you to that and the intersection of that with where God's deep needs meet. It's beautiful. He He's given within us these things that we love to do, like golf or like very, very many other things. And God can take those and use those as an intersection with where the deep needs are, and God can bring glory and honor. And I just am confident that when we're called to play, that's what we're called to do. And so in our church, we have writers and dressmakers and computer specialists and people who uh, have expertise in building and teaching and preaching and dentistry and eyeglasses, ophthalmology and caring and loving and friendships and food programs and financial resources. And God takes all these things that are our passions and those things in which we, have a, we find deep gladness in, and in his amazing way, then he connects us with where the needs are. And so the needs are being met through the joy and through the expertise and through the specialty and through, through the, the abilities that we have. And what a joy it is to get to play like that. What a joy it is for me, even though I may not play a great round of golf, to be outside and to hit that ball around. And so when the next time the guy says, hey, let's go play, I'm saying, okay, I'm in, let's go play. And when we participate out of our gladness in places, whether it's around the world or in our local communities, all of a sudden, God calls us the next time when we say, oh, yeah. Uh, where can i jump in how can i get in where can i play this time around and i believe god wants to create that for us as members of pnc so here are some ways you can play number one you can pray so on your connect card today if you'd like to join in a prayer group with uh, partners in mission all you have to do is as you as the offering plates are passing a few minutes on the bottom of that where it says keyword just put in uh pray uh Uh, PIM, partners, our prayer partners. And we'll put you on the list and we'll keep you updated on ways you can pray specifically for our partners on mission and for our our work in Malawi. Secondly, you can give. You can give to partners in mission. You can give through a check. You can give on push pay. You can give uh, ongoing throughout, you know, uh, uh, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, a one time gift. Uh, You can give by check. You can give on push pay. Um, I have a um, a drink that I get at Starbucks now. It's called a medicine ball. Anybody have one? It's supposed to be healthy. It's supposed to be good for me. Tea and lemonade, you know, to help with the cold and all that stuff. And I was shocked when I the last one I got, I asked for a grande, and it was just under $5 for a medicine ball. I thought, well, what if I said, okay, even like once a week, I took that $5 and I applied it to missions, to partners in mission. Think about that. It may not seem very much, but when those things add up, you see the benefit of what could happen in a person's life, in a child's life, in a family's life, in, a, in the spiritual development of uh, people around the world. Um, golf is expensive. And if I just said, okay, I'm not gonna play this week, or this month, and I'm going to take that 50 bucks. I'm going to give it for a water. What a difference that could make. So think about how creatively God might help you to participate in some form by giving to um, to partners in mission. And then finally, it's to go. Uh, in Malawi, we're headed to Malawi in the summer of 2021 for another work team. Uh, but we have people that are involved in going both locally and globally all the time. So this year we've had people that have gone to Central America, to Mex- in Mexico and Central America. We've had folks go to Asia. We had two ladies go to work with the children who who live at the in a dump in in um, in the Philippines. And here are these little ladies taking dresses. To the philippines we've had people that have are going and have gone to eastern europe and this this summer others are going th- this year we have people going around to the u.s we have people going through in puyallup in our our areas that are taking the good news of jesus and serving in very very different ways so the challenge is is that um god calls you out of your deep gladness The things that you love, he'll say, how about if you take that and you contribute in some way, shape, or form to make a difference in people's lives?